Welcome to the Landco Podcast, an analytical behind-the-scenes look into land investing and land ownership, covering marketing conditions, current inventory, and updates on all relevant land ownership issues here in Illinois, mixed in with some timely hunting and fishing reports. Hey guys, welcome back to the Landco Podcast, here again with Ryan Pudick. Episode 8 of the series, Top 10 Ways to Increase the Value and Enjoyment of Your Farm. Last week we did uh, food plots, and now we are doing, I kind of grouped a few things together, uh, brush removal uh, slash park area or staging area, different people call it different things. But we, over the past like three or four years, this has become more popular than it was 10 years ago. We're starting to do a lot of it. So... Um, again, same format. If you haven't heard any of these episodes, we go through the basic questions, what, why, when, where, and how, um, just to tackle every angle of what we're talking about, what it is. If I combine those two, brush removal and park area, what we're really talking about is taking like, and usually it's a flat area of timber that's overgrown and like, you know, just those bushy head stuff. Uh, honeysuckle, yeah, honeysuckle, Russian olive, Russian olive, that stuff. Yeah, and which I'm not saying there's no benefit there at all, even though most of those are invasive. But in that area, you would some have some good trees, whether the oaks or walnuts or whatever. And so that process for us, and usually those locations, I should say this, and we're kind of bounced around a little bit, but usually those locations fall between what, like, good timber and agricultural fields. Mm, yeah, typically. Yep. Uh, but then there's also pockets in specific counties, like Knox County is really got a bad Russian olive honeysuckle problem. And pockets of Fulton County have the same the same issue. And I'm just using those two as an example because I'm, I'm in those counties a lot. Um, but then you go to areas of, say, Woodford County, and you don't have as much of the honeysuckle mm-hmm. and the uh, Russian olives. So um, those are the two that pop into my mind that are the worst as far as choking out of timber, um, not very eye-appealing, and two, make it virtually impossible to walk through as a, yep. as, as a human sure. being. Yep. Wildlife can get through it. Um, us, we can't. Yeah. It's very and difficult. they also, so that most of them we do are like that. So that's what we kind of generally migrate towards talking about. But some of them are just all trees, and we end up just like getting rid of those small trees because a farmer. Sure, it could be a lot of uh, soft maple or willows, things like that, that will go in and and either cut back a field edge to get more rows of production in, or just allow getting getting those away from the crop fields. For instance, allows the crops on those end rows to grow, be a little bit more productive than they otherwise would, because every, all that stuff, small stuff, is grabbing nutrients and all the moisture out of the soil. So that's one example. Yep. So and then we take that one usually, not always, but um, when we have kind of our say on how it goes, we then take those areas, and then they're open enough with enough uh, soil contact that we can go in and plant something. So. You know, some people want to plant grass because it's behind the house, but we like to do like a red and white clover mix or something like that. So it almost serves as like a staging area um, for all wildlife between the thick timber and the ag fields, open it up, and there's some nutritional value there. Um, just as we can get some sort of food, you know, I wouldn't call it a, you wouldn't probably call it a food plot, although it's not that much different. No. No, I mean, in, in some people, some uh, clients, we've went in and, and cleared out an area that was overgrown. Uh, use it as an example, is your dad at, yeah. his, at his farm. Uh, 
what it was all all timber and it was grown up there was a lot of pockets of honeysuckle and russian olive we went in there we cleaned them out and then now he's got within that was a beautiful hardwood timber that was now opened up to where now he's got you know because he wanted to hunt there uh, tree stands in these hardwood trees that he can get to easy enough, and he gets to see a lot of deer this way. Because he's got food down there. And, a little, and, it's not even huge. Those are what half acre, half acre, like three quarters of an acre was the biggest one roughly. Yep. And and maybe you don't want it for 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 deer hunting. You don't have to. Not everything that we do is geared towards deer hunting. I know we talk about it a lot, but it's yeah. but you know maybe you just want it to go back there. Maybe uh, your wife wants to go back there to have take the kids for a picnic or. Uh, sightseeing or water uh, watching wildlife who knows yeah so that's the next one is why and that's a perfect segment there again but a lot of them aren't wildlife related we end up we do a lot by creeks because there's a bunch of brush there right like opening up a creek area which maybe has some wildlife value but it looks good so if like if you're over if you have a house or a lodge you want to overlook an area right. there's nothing better than even if it's a hillside clearing those out and leaving the big tree so you can see through it a little bit. Right, exactly. And, you know, if you want to go take the grandkids for a walk or yeah. whatever. And, you know, we do a lot of trails as well through through these areas. And so we'll wind a trail. All of a sudden, you come around the corner on this trail and boom, you're at this open area on a big curve in the creek. And now you've got a campsite if you want to go down there and camp during the summers uh, with the kids or whatever. I mean, there's so many different uses. For sure. So in terms of why, uh, it could be a ton of things, but whether it's just personal enjoyment use opening up a spot to camp or just like making it look prettier from your house or lodge to open up the views the staging i call them staging people call them different things but the stuff between the timber and the fields um at least for me and again i'm not a diehard hunter i'm kind of a fair weather uh whitetail guy but those the activity like let's say it's a uh, hundred yards that we'll do that activity especially during rut or those deer come out there and it can take them sometimes an hour to make it through there to the ag fields eating nuts or whatever they eat. Yeah, all I the browse. Yeah, those and for me, I could drive my gator up pretty close and walk, you know, two minutes on there. And I love those areas. There was a lot of them over that the old Blackbird farm. Yeah, where, and the other thing you can use them for too is is I always do a big camera survey starting in July. And so those areas are wonderful areas, especially if you got hardwoods, um, because the, they'll drop the acorns in you know the late August or sometime in September. Normally is when all the acorns start coming down in October, and so you got your camera set up. The deer are coming in, they're eating their acorns, and you can start doing inventory on what you have coming. Even before that, like I said, I start in July. You know, deer will start using those open areas at certain times of the day, just browsing through them, and you'll get pictures of them, and it'll start telling you what you have coming up for the season. Especially if you you can get in there and plant some clover or something. Right. They're not just cruising through. They have some sort of nutritional value there. So Correct. that is why you would do it. I'm sure we missed a few reasons, but in general, uh, those are the reasons why. When uh, this is probably a little more, you can do it anytime, but it's probably a little more tricky than most of the stuff we talk about because there is clear, easier times to do it. And what that's like, we're recording this in what mid January, but that's now, right? Yeah, anytime the easiest time to do it is when all of the leaves or foliage has come off the trees and. Uh, when the trees have become and the brush has become dormant, and what I mean by that is that all the saps have retracted from the branches and down into the root system until 
you know, say March when all that starts coming back up, uh, when they start to, uh, put their buds on for the spring. Uh, so anytime, you know, December, January, February is by far the easiest time to do this type of clearing. Yeah. If you're talking, if you want to use a dozer, which we'll get into at the end on how you do it, but then it's a little different. You just push all that stuff out, but we have a, a forestry cutter machine that is just perfect at doing this. And th so those, um, when you're using that, the months Ryan was talking about, um, is the best time to do it. So that would be when you could do it anytime, but those are the ideal times. So where we pretty much covered where, but yeah. it could be anywhere in the timber. Yeah, I mean, it could be a 10th of an acre up to a couple acres if you wanted to. Um, and, you, and again, it's what I've said all along. What, what are your goals and likes? You know, yeah. if you want a place to camp or on your farm or a, or a place to have walking trails and, you know, have an area clearing for maybe a, you know, a, maybe you have a fire pit there or something. Just, you know, if you want to head just for a destination spot or maybe you just yeah. want it for views. Um, like I said, it, you just get, need to identify what, what do you want it for? What, what are your goals? And so a good example of that is, remember the North Creek farm up by the road front, that huge Creek stuff. And, yeah. and my mom was involved in that project and she has different goals than we do. She likes to take pictures. She likes to look out the lot. photogenic and she loves yeah. her bluebirds yeah. and all that stuff. So yeah. she, and we caught some flack for this from a couple of the guys at the DNR saying we were ruining habitat, but her goal was different. So that was, what do you think we cleared there? Eight, eight acres? Yeah, probably eight to 10 acres. And we literally cleared it bone bone dry clean and came minus back. minus the mature trees and there wasn't many in there because remember right. we came back and we planted pin oaks some cypress yep. so we can't came back and planted those but it was wide open we, we took away some some habitat but gave back better habitat yeah so for what she wanted she Correct. put up a bunch of bluebird trails uh Bird, things like bluebird that houses yeah yeah so it, it suited her goal so that was creek bottom stuff um and another one in terms of where is usually between, and not a bunch, not all farms have them anymore because more and more you find farms and they're farming right up until like it drops off a cliff. But a lot of farms, there's that little buffer area to where they didn't clear all of it. Those areas are perfect to do it. Um, anywhere you have a, we've done it a few for a few people that have like ridges in the middle of a, like uh, flat ridges in the timber in the back. You can clear out spots there. Um, so you can do it almost anywhere. It doesn't work great on like hillsides, uh, you know, like ridge sides in the timber, but for the most part, you can do it almost, almost anywhere. How you're, you're kind of limited. Well, not limited. We used to do it with a chainsaw and we were broke and yeah. couldn't afford equipment, <laughs> but, uh, you can do it with a chainsaw, but for the most part, you're talking what either Bobcat, Forrester cutter or dozer. Yeah. Or right? dozer. Yeah. Small dozer. So, uh, the forester cutter is cool because it mulches it. It, it leaves you, a very, very light footprint. Uh, it, it, it'll mulch everything down. Um, you're limited on, your biggest limitation is size of material. Um, nothing more than probably an eight inch in diameter tree. Um, yeah. And that's even pushing Which is fine. We want to leave that stuff usually yeah, anyways. exactly. But um, what's nice about that is that it, it mulches everything down and gives a, a very light footprint versus a dozer basically uprooting everything. Um, and the benefit with a dozer or a, a bobcat situation is that it's so much smaller. It's more nimble in yeah. the timber. Um, 
and then with with putting down all that shredded tree material you don't have a lot of regrowth the next year coming up out of the forest floor because it acts kind of like a blanket if you will uh for a while um whereas a dozer you basically have exposed dirt exposed that's going to grow up whatever's in the soil whatever weeds and whatnot are, are going to come up and you don't have to maintain that you have to maintain both but you won't have to maintain what you shred with the forestry cutter uh, as much as you would if it was dozed. Yep. So one other thing that we like to do, depending on the goals, but especially if it's something that you're seeing from your house, we'll come back with a uh, extended, like the chainsaws on the extended poles, and just kind of trim off some of those loose, low branches um, on the bigger trees that we left. It just kind of opens up that, maybe canopy is the wrong word, but it it raises that area where it's thicker so you can kind of see through it a little see better. Through it better yeah. yeah. So in terms of like um, to make something a little more pretty or something you're going to look at from the back of your lodge or across a pond, that's kind of nice to just trim it back. And there's n no other way than just to do that manually, but you only need to do that one every three or four years. Yeah, that's not something that. you do a lot yeah. and it's pretty easy. Um, so that's another thing you can do once you're done with the machinery work that just makes it look a little more maintained. So uh, that will do it for that. And we say brush removal. We kind of focused on the brush removal park area, but it doesn't always have to be for a park area. No, it could be it, for a trail or, I, I don't know, there's multi, a multitude of things. A lot of times we'll, people have those removed brush on the back of dams, yeah. you know, because you don't want any of that stuff growing. Uh, really anywhere that you want to open up. We were just focusing on park areas because – we do a lot of those and they provide some value, but really brush removal yards. We do some yards for some of our clients. Yeah. Like if they like a lot of guys at Oak run, they, like you said, they, they have their yard, but they've got all the stuff that's overgrown that they want to make it bigger, make their yard bigger. So we'll go in there and clean all yeah. that out. So most of the stuff we talk about is on farms, you know, 20, 40, 80 acres and bigger. This is one practice that sometimes we do get requests from clients that want to do it at their house just because it, it opens it up. So, Again, we talked about mostly kind of the park areas, but brush removal, think anything that's kind of thick that you can't walk through, um, that you just want to open it up for any reason. So that's the how. Um, we always like to wrap these up, kind of going back to the point of this series on how it increases the value and enjoyment. This just makes a farm look more appealing, very similar to the putting... Uh, prairie grasses on areas that just look kind of run down or just pasture, you're making a farm look more complete. So it's more appealing to more buyers. More and more buyers these days want the farm done so they don't have to do it themselves. Uh, those farms are still hard to find, but that, that is appealing to a lot of buyers. So in terms of resale, um, Usually it shortens the amount of time a farm is in the market because more people like it. Uh, and in terms of recreational enjoyment, kind of all those things that we had talked about, it is a good staging area for animals and not just deer, but birds, squirrels, all that stuff. And uh, again, depending on what you're looking for, whether it's camping or hunting, there's a ton of recreational benefits to it. So um, I say recreational doesn't always mean hunting. We've gone over that. So, But uh, that will wrap it up for the brush removal slash park area. And we will. that was episode eight. We're down to only a couple more. 
next week we will be back at you with uh, similar, um, sometimes it's a different machine, but invasive species removal, which is becoming more and more of a problem, at least in our neck of the woods in central Illinois. Uh, fairly widespread problem with Russian olive, uh, things like that. And if you don't <laughs> tackle it right away, the problem can only like magnify. So that is next week's episode. And uh, until then, we appreciate you guys listening and we'll catch you shortly. Did you hear what it